Today's episode is brought to you by Philadelphia's Mount Ida, who are set to release their second EP on December 15th via Gene Scene and Oliver Glenn Records. Recorded, mixed, and mastered by Evan Dyer, the new EP is a more focused and intense effort than their first release and showcases new drummer Dakota Bethcase depth and skill. The lead single, Sacristy, is streaming everywhere you find music right now. And welcome to Everything Remade, a podcast that I hope is about growth as much as it is about music. I'm Edie Quinn, and we have a really great show for you today. Before we get started, I'd like to remind you that we have a Patreon page, which you can check out under the umbrella header, Human Machine. That's over at patreon.com slash human machine, where you can find music sneak peeks, zines, comics, artwork, and a tons more. Patreon.com slash human machine. And now, I'd like to play something for you. You're hearing It Must Have Been Beautiful by a brass guy featuring my pal Darrell Smith on drums. The song comes off of their upcoming debut LP titled Science Progresses One Funeral at a Time, which you will find out on November 17th on Zegama Beach Records. first song i remember hearing um was a song from my dad's band actually um they were a band called jado and they had one album in the 80s that kind of you know was there a couple songs on the radio a couple music videos on mtv and one of the songs that i remember was one of these singles the song called uh lake of fire and it's was definitely the darkest and most like brooding song on the record. Like definitely had like a way darker kind of sound to it. And I honestly um, think that that song kind of put the bug in my ear in terms of kind of listening to like less than positive music. We'll say. Yeah. Like something with a, a, a like a, dark or somber like or like mm, dissonant maybe yeah 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 that's that's interesting what um how how do you spell that band name uh j-a-t-o oh okay yeah that's you know the first thing i thought was like you said it's like a lot different than a lot of the tracks on the album and 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 I find it really interesting when bands do that, like as mm-hmm. like a single, 
Like, hey, here's this thing that you all are going to love. And then, like, it's nothing like what you're going to hear as, like, a whole. But hopefully you'll dig that too, of course. But, like, you know what I mean? I find that really interesting. Like, um, I'm trying to think of, like, some, like, good examples. Like, I mean, one that comes to mind, and this isn't the best example because they they didn't lead off with this song like you had a couple songs under your belt before cranberries threw salvation out there oh yeah but that's a pretty good one as far as i'm concerned cuz it's like it, i mean it's a, it's a pretty heavy song like you know as far as like uh stuff like that goes like it's real upbeat and it's got it's like really intense and then their other stuff is more like you know the song they led with and became popular with like linger or whatever and Mm -hmm. it's like imagine if you would have just heard salvation first and and then uh the rest of the album is like more similar to linger it's like very different you know but um and then there's like one instance that i can remember like that band the knife and oh, yeah. they have that one song. I don't remember the name of it, but, like, I he, I hear it. Like, it comes up in my YouTube playlists and stuff all the time because I, I like it so much. But, like, uh, none of their other stuff sounds like it. You know, I don't um, – it's, like, the one that starts out with, like, the synth is, like, and, like, I downloaded this album, like, first time I heard that. and it, And, like, the rest of it was cool, but it doesn't sound anything like that, you know? Um, such as the the ways of um um being a kid and hearing a song on the radio and you're like oh what i can't get that song out of my head uh like even to this day um uh i don't like go out of my way to really listen to top 40 or or pop music by any means but i'll be in the car and i'll you know the radio will be on and i'll hear something with a hook like i love anything with a, a really good hook to it like metal screamo all forms of uh aggressive music can all still a nice hook to it mm-hmm. and um i remember several times actually as a kid uh hearing like a single on the radio and being like oh my gosh i gotta i gotta get this cd and then like nothing on the cd sounds anything like that single. yeah yeah <laughs> i think like at my at my point in my life now, like I, I appreciate that you, you find that the artist isn't like that they stray away from this one sound more often than not, you know, but Mm -hmm. like, but certainly like you hope that there's some part of that aesthetic or, or, you know, whatever, like that drew you there present in the rest you know it's not just like night and day like well like a quality issue or whatever you know like it's just like but i feel like yeah it's i i I like it a lot more now than like when i was younger i definitely would have been like borderline turned off you know i'd have been like Mm -hmm. what this Mm -hmm. isn't this isn't what i was this is what i wanted you know but uh betrayed a little bit yeah yeah sort of you know um but yeah, that's really cool. Like, did did your dad like tour and stuff a, a oh, lot yeah. when you were a kid? Yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, they had a tour bus uh, that I've gone camping in once or twice. But <laughs> nice. Uh, my my mom never lets me 
uh, or never let him forget either, for that matter, that uh, pretty much when I was born, about a month after I was born, he had to go out to the Maritimes and play because he was a professional musician, mm-hmm. right? So it was it was bread on the table. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it, he did tour uh, and like pretty much was like, oh yes, my firstborn son. Well, gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with those diapers. I hear they're you know. <laughs> I hear they're yeah, fun. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's. So, um, was it like how you, how, you know, in, in, in film and, and literature, you like the, the trope of like the traveling sales person, you know, like, was it like that, like, uh, your dad's gone for a while and then dad comes home and then it's like, yay. And then it's like, was it like that or was it, was it less often or? I honestly, um, I don't remember much of it because right. I was born in 87, which was the height of this Jado band. Like they, the, that band was a band together since they were like in high school oh, wow. uh, under a different name called Takoy Ride. But they found this manager and the manager's like, hey, why don't you try more of this, like more of a, like a rock kind of sound rather than like adult contemporary or like they were really into the grateful dead and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it was more of that kind of late eighties, uh, almost like post punky rock sound. Okay. And, um, so yeah, in 87 was the height of their, of that Jado band's career. And then by 1990, um, the record label was essentially like, we don't have any more money rides over. And so my dad had to get his first real full-time job. Uh, so I remember him um, mostly as a father and, uh, you know, Monday to Friday, uh, nine to five kind of guy who had a band that he would practice with two, three times a week and then would play shows every once in a while. And so that's how playing in a band was introduced to me. Yeah. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like this, um, like none of the, none of the stereotypical kind of like rock star things were prevalent at all. Yeah. Um, and so, and even, even so he was, uh, you'd probably regret me saying this, but whatever. Uh, he was quite bitter about how that, whole situation ended so when i started get because i i would go and tag along with him uh to to um his band practices and that was actually the first time i ever got my hands on a pair of drumsticks just kind of like fiddling around whenever they were you know taking a break or whatever mm-hmm. and um when i started getting interested in music he was very much like you know if you're gonna do this like take pride in it, love it. Sometimes you'll hate it, but don't ever try and make a career out of doing this. Like if you, if you can, it's like winning the lottery, like fantastic. Yeah. But just enjoy it for what it is. Just enjoy working on it for what it is. Enjoy the time away from your day-to-day responsibilities to go and do this thing. And honestly, I, you know, that was told to me when I was seven. I'm 36 years old, and that's that's how I've been doing all the art in my life. 
Yeah, I mean, it's solid advice, you know? It's, um, it sounds like there was a bit of heart heartbreak that came <laughs> with that wisdom. But yeah, it's, it's very solid advice. And like, I mean, it goes hand in hand with like the DIY ethos of basically like, yeah, look exactly. like we do this for our own personal satisfaction and everything that comes along with that is a, is a bonus and just, just great. You know, like as long as you're doing it because you love it, then yeah. Um, yeah. And I, and I think, um, he never obviously, he, he, um, I mean, they were, they were like hippies when they were and getting jumped at like gas stations by like greasers and stuff. Right. Oh shit. So there, there was kind of like a counterculture vibe there, but they certainly never subscribed to like any affiliation with punk rock or oh, DIY, sure. but, but the way they composed themselves and the way they operated, even until like a couple of years ago, um, was like they did all their own art. They had their own recording studio. They put on their own shows. Like everything was just do it yourself. Yeah, the blueprint was kind of the same. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah, that's awesome. So what? Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think that we touched on that. But um, what what did your dad do in the band? Uh, he was a bass player, and uh, they were all pretty um, uh, tight in the writing. Uh, like he he was a bass player, but he knew how to play guitar and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And actually, that Lake of Fire song was a song that he wrote, which I think, uh, you know, kind of strengthened the bond that, that I had with it. Mm-hmm. What um, so like you said, like this practice space was the first time you got your hands on drumsticks, but what was it like initially about the drums? specifically that 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 drew you to them over you know say guitar or bass or well uh yeah like i mean obviously the first instrument i really ever got my hand on was a bass guitar okay. and so i kind of learned a little bit of that but i think there was just kind of like this need to not just directly follow in my dad's footsteps, I kind of wanted to break away like a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I, I don't remember like ever having a conscious decision like, Oh yeah, I'm just going to learn drums. Um, but I think, I mean like any kid, like even, even like I have young nephews and anytime they see a drum set, I'm sure you know, like, you know, sticks and just banging on stuff like why not like we have a an old piano in our living room they come and bang on that too so i think it was yeah. just like it was just like a fun thing that a kid could like do right and then after a while you start to like you know learn how to do it properly i suppose like i never took any kind of lessons or anything it was all just a matter of um having these small little opportunities to sit and then uh honestly just <laughs> sit in my room and air drum. Like that's how I learned how to play drums. And that's how I kind of think of playing drums. Like if I'm, if I'm listening to a riff, I can kind of visualize how the drums go. Cause I spent so long visualizing playing drums. So yeah. Um, I don't think there was anything that really kind of drew me to it specifically other than it, it, it was still something that my dad was involved with, but it was something a little bit more for myself. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, it's, it's, 
hmm. I'm having like a sort of a, a spontaneous like I'm trying to make a connection between like there's an obvious connection between like uh, creative writing and lyricism you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and people who do vocals and stuff like that. But I, it, it really feels like there is, there's some strings there as well between like percussion and, and not just in a general, like, well, art is art and exploring the, these parts of your brain that create art is good for other types of art. You know, like mm-hmm. beyond that, it really feels like there's something there that I can't like. Y- there's a there's sort of a, a like a, I don't want to call it a theory. I don't I don't know what it is, but there's there's like parts of um, what I've been doing, like withdrawing that have been informing like the way that I mix like songs and stuff and it's like absolutely hard for me to explain but it's like basically like it's like when you're when i'm just like sketching something and i'm like i don't know if this is good or not you know and then you start filling in these details and it's like that's kind of what you're doing with Mm -hmm. like with songs you know like you you wrote the guitar riff or whatever you're basing the skeleton of the song on you know but it's, it's not all quite there so you start filling in the details and in, in in a band situation your bandmates are filling in the details as well but like even when it comes to like your final recording and and you could probably speak to this a lot as well since y'all are you know just about to release that record and y'all have a lot of noise elements it's like you get to that point where everyone's done what you think was necessary but there's still more and i feel like that's kind of the way drums are isn't it it's like you initially hear what you need to do to service the thing and then you go from that point like and just start putting in the like extra stuff to make it better and I feel like there's a correlation there that I'm not I'm not hitting on with like creative writing and how you uh you'll go one pass and then you'll have another pass you know and and it evolves the way it evolves I think that's the string right there I think you actually nailed it on the head I think um I think doing something like that regardless of what you're doing uh drawing painting writing you know any kind of stuff like that is that it's not just like a, a an old, like one and only pass and that's that like it's something that you build right and mm-hmm. that's that's the fun it's like building that thing and kind of uh, having your your foundation laid and kind of building up from that yeah for sure i mean there's yeah it's a uh, there's something really like exhilarating about that whether it's uh in the live situation with your bandmates and and the way that the ideas are bouncing off each other or even just like when you're recording and that idea that never presented itself all of a sudden for some reason presents itself you know and it's like 
I mean, I you know, I just played a show last night, and I'm and every time I play a show because it's not as often as it used to be, I I'm like, oh gosh, I love playing shows so much. But like, when it comes to recording, like, and something like that happens, I'm also like, oh, I love recording. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's um, I know that there's a lot of people that just uh really prefer one over the other, and and I I get I get that too because there's you know, there's there's an immediacy to a show, and then there's, like, sometimes there's sort of an anxiety to a recording, so there's, you know, pros and cons to each, and uh, it's, yeah, I don't know, but I just, I love it all. Um, do, do you have, like, a, uh, a preference, or are you kind of just, like... Well, um, I think my preference is more so um kind of just like the jamming and the writing process mm-hmm. um i used to like when i was younger um i used to play because i think like, being a drummer sometimes you end up playing in like two three four different bands right <laughs> so it was uh uh i've I felt like many times like okay let's just hustle through the writing process like just bang out a couple songs so we can start those. And so it was the focus was on the performative aspect of it. Mm-hmm. But, um, and even, even with, uh, uh, even just a couple years ago, uh, with like poetry, like I was doing like a, a kind of a poetry reading, uh, series called drone and words where we would match up like experimental ambient kind of noise artists with spoken word poets so there was still and we we're doing a couple shows like that and so there was still like a performative thing going on that i was like really putting a lot like maybe even too much value in and then covid came and that was completely taken away just like stripped bare and so i i I'm always in need of like working on something. Obviously during the first couple months, like that was a lot of like kind of self care and making sure, you know, you're safe, making sure your loved ones are safe. Um, but once, uh, once you like the settling in kind of commenced, I was like, my gosh, what, what are we going to do? Or like, what am I going to do? And that's when I really started the value, like just the opportunity to, to work on something. And even like we started, Abreu Sky started writing this new album before the pandemic as a three piece. Like Chris wasn't even in the band at this point. And so uh, even like we would all be, we're all very conscious and all trying to be as safe as we can. Uh, so we're all watching the, the, the rise and fall of the case numbers. And so what we would do is, um, uh, have band practices when the case numbers took that dip and then try and have as many band practices as we could to like write and stuff. And so it was just the, just the, the feeling of, um, being glad to have those band practices, not a band practice to like crank something out to go do something or like a band practice solely to be ready for a show. But just the fact that three of your best friends are coming over, you're going to have a chance to play music and write together and, that's it. That's that's all you're gunning for. And it was such a beautiful thing. And now uh, that the world has kind of opened up uh, more, uh, 
and shows have started to come back, I I still find myself really valuing the 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 work aspect to it. Not to say that I don't enjoy playing shows. Like obviously, uh, on the, one of the better parts of playing shows are just kind of uh, meeting uh, contemporaries and like all these different other bands and people who are in the same stuff that you are, and that's always really fun. But I think. Uh, if I had to pick one or the other, it's like definitely the the working on like the actual writing process for me. something that you said about the the, uh, the, the drone um, poetry collaborations that you're doing and I was definitely gonna touch on that later but um, you said that you felt like it, it you were focusing too much on the performance and that and that was detrimental to the um, the the project as it or I don't which what part of that do you think was suffering because you were like more focused on the performance and, and getting it like in front of people? Um, it wasn't suffering at the point. It was the fact that I put too much stock into it. And so when it was stripped away, it was just like, Oh, okay. Well, what, what do I have? I have nothing. I have nothing. It's like, well, that's that's not entirely true. Like you have, you can sit down and enjoy working on a poem or writing whatever you want. And so it was like that kind of like epiphany moment where it's just like, whoa, wait a second. Why do I feel all of a sudden with the performative aspect of it gone, why do I feel like I'm left with nothing? And so that made me really reevaluate how I approach like uh, different uh, artistic projects and what I actually value in it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's, um, I don't know. It's, it's like really corny, but, uh, it's, it's like, I, like when I was a little kid and I first thought like, oh yeah, you can like, you can make your own songs and stuff. Like, and it took me a while before I like was able to get a guitar and start playing, doing that and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, 
you know, the technology wasn't there when I was like a kid or whatever, but as soon as I figured it out, like this is something you can do yourself, like in your own basement. And I, that like the world opened up to me and that's always like, I'm just like, I can't believe like, like every time I can come down and do that and just like be a part of creating something like, I'm just like, yeah, this is like, like, I wish I could play more shows. I wish that I wish this, I wish the other thing, you know, but like just the fact that you can do this, it's like, wow. Mm -hmm. You know, (laughs) I mean, Mm -hmm. um, like, if you had told me like when I was, you know, like, I, I don't know when I just would, would, when I was sneaking into my dad's, uh, like jam room and messing with his guitar when I wasn't supposed to, like, if you would have told me one day I'd be able to like sit down in my own basement and like write a, write and play a whole song by myself. Like I'd have been like, whatever, you know, but mm-hmm. Then it started with the Fostex four te- four track, and and it was like, oh, this isn't this is really awesome, but I'm, I'm not quite able to do a whole band thing, you know. And then eventually it was, you know, it's something else. But uh, yeah, that's I mean that's awesome, and that is a, a I think that's a that's a very important thing to hold on to is just like how mm-hmm. is just like how you I don't know like. I, I, I hear people like getting, like, it's like, if you, if you're, if lots of people are like listening to your songs and stuff and like that, like, it's understandable that that like gets you stoked, you know, but the opposite is, is also true that sometimes people look for that and they're like, there's some kind of disappointment when it's not Mm -hmm. there and like. I don't know. I just think it's like it's really important to just like realize like you're doing this, you know? And that and that it that in itself like can be the whole reward. Like it doesn't have to be, but it can be, you know? Yeah. And um during uh, another thing that kind of really kind of brought me to this level of just kind of like enjoying the process of it. Mm-hmm. And like the work of it was uh, during during the lockdown periods of COVID, uh, I caught wind of this book called The Art Spirit, and it's basically um, this painter uh, kind of replying to like letters and stuff that people have sent him, and a lot of really really good inspirational kind of stuff in there. But basically. The, the one message I kind of got out of it was like art should be about the making and not the made. Um, it should be like, you should just, art is just basically something that you enjoy doing and that you're, you feel pride in doing. So if you're, you know, a painter and even if you're not like, you don't have anything hanging in the gallery, but you just sit at a canvas and enjoy painting and, Obviously, that's art. If you're a janitor and you love scrubbing toilets and you are magnificent at scrubbing toilets, that is art, you know? So I just, that really, that really resonated with me. And it was just like, 
made me really, really just fall in love with just that stuff rather than kind of um, allow myself to get too focused again, like on the, on the, I don't want to say product, but like the final yeah. piece of the puzzle, right? Because <laughs> like you were kind of alluding to, like you can put stuff out there and if you have all your stock and all your value caught up in what other people are perceiving your work as, then what's left for you? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, like, like, um, you can, you, you can like do everything that you like think you should be doing and that still doesn't happen. So you just, I don't know. And, and the process can become less joyful because you're creating this stress with these expectations of what's going to come when that's done, when you're not like being present, like in the, 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 the point of creation, you know, like if you're, if you're just there at that point and not worried about what's going to happen after the fact, like, um, like I just, I think it's, uh, like, it's just a much like more joyful experience as opposed mm-hmm. to, as opposed to like we got to hurry up and get this done because you know and like that's a weird thing for me to say because I always have like a deadline or something but yeah. I'm also that kind of person where like I do really work really well with the deadline <laughs> yeah. and like and uh my my only problem is that I always have them like <laughs> and they're always like right on top of each other. You know, that that's my, my situation is just, I have them all the time. It's like, a, it, I don't know if it's, if it gets less effective, you know, it's like, but it, I don't know. It keeps, it keeps my ducks in a row as it were, but um, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's, you know, there, there's, there's a lot to be said about like, yeah, being present in the process and just like, and, and finding like that joy in the process because I mean, it's just like, there's, there's that thing where when you have a new thing that you're writing for or whatever, whether it's, uh, uh, um, poems or songs, a new band, you know, whatever, there's that thing where it's like, you don't know what it is yet, you know? And like, that's so exciting. It could be anything, you know? And Mm -hmm. you're Mm -hmm. just like, you get those like, that first three songs or you get the, get those first, you know, whatever, like couple chunks out in the writing or whatever. And, uh, it could, it could be anything. And then it's like, you get to that point where it's established and then that's where you can let those expectations come in. Like, what if this isn't like that? Or what if this doesn't live up to that? Or, you know, and it's, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, um, and that's where I come into, like, I don't want to, I don't want to say it's like a, a, a struggle or anything, but like, I find it both helpful to have multiple things where I can go to another thing if I am sort of like, not like a, a rut or whatever, but if I'm just like, 
the spark isn't the same. And then when I go back to the other thing, it's like, oh shit, yeah, we were doing this, you know? And it's like, mm-hmm. it's very exciting again. But also, like, that's where I had to, re- re- like, sort of remind myself, like, you can't just do that <laughs> every time, you know what I mean? Something gets a little difficult. You still have to, like, do the work or whatever, you know? Yeah. Like, well, I. I think that's the, I think that's the beautiful thing because everyone has their own system, right? Mm-hmm. I think, I think, uh, because I've been kind of, um, messing around with a new kind of, um, field, we'll say, um, and in just kind of studying and, and trying to educate myself in it. Um, there's a lot of like, this is how you do it like this, and this is how you do it. This is how this should be and this is how that should be and whereas there's a lot of like really valuable information and it's exciting to learn i have to i have to kind of um kind of pump the brakes sometimes and not get caught up in like a defined process that's not my own yeah um i can't get caught up in like no this is the way it should really be done this is the best way to do it it's like well that might be true for someone else but that doesn't necessarily mean it's true for me yeah yeah it's it's kind of funny like i was thinking about this and this isn't like this isn't jumping off what you're saying exactly but it's like you know it's uh, definitely tangential where it's like i always have this thing because like you're talking about like um, the way people recommend you do this or, you know, in whatever specific area you're, you know, um, working in, like whether it's like, uh, like, oh, and then cut these frequencies down here when you're mixing this instrument, you know, it's like all these recommendations, but then you're finding your own like vibes and your own just like preferences and whatnot. Well, like there's this thing that I always do where I'm just like, I want to make something that is just like, I want to make something that's like, and musically, I find this much harder to do, but uh, like, um, you know, it's like you're trying to create something that's that really just like has your fingerprints all over it and is, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, I want to make this like gnarly and, and, and weird and whatever. And, you know, my wife will be like, you, you go out of your way to make this uh, weird and like different and whatever and then like if people don't if people don't react to it in a way they react to normal things like you're like i wonder why that is (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) and it's like no no i get it now yeah i got exactly what i wanted i got like it was like there was just something about it that was so that was like just just off enough that people were like huh (laughs) <laughs> there's not like those are, <laughs> yeah um, those are the those are the greatest things like if if no one did that then we would have no progression at all right and i mean i've been kind of striving to focus like even on stuff that i like watch or read or listen to like i've been striving to kind of take in and put out stuff that's not comfortable right it's not it's not it like it 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 i find that if it's not a a comfortable process to kind of take in 
you're kind of sitting there and trying to figure it out a little bit. And there's like a little bit more of a connection with, with whatever you're reading or listening to or watching or whatever, because um, it's not just something you can just, uh, uh, you know, chew up and spit out. Right. It's Mm -hmm. not something that you can just consume. Mm -hmm. Um, It's something that you have to sit there and it lingers with you. And there's a reason it lingers with you. And I believe that reason is that it wasn't just this comfortable little tied in a bow thing that you, you know, maybe aren't even aware you consume on a daily basis. Yeah. And did you like, I know that you, uh, you've been like working, um, like you have like, uh, some, some guest programmings that you do like of like film series mm-hmm. and stuff. Did you feel like you started like down that path of like, you know, where, where you're describing how you are looking for these, like, what was this most influenced by? Was this influenced by film more? Was it influenced by literature more? Uh, like, like was it in, influenced by like, like the noise and drone sounds that you were getting into? Or was this like all equally important or? Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of a, I, I can go on a on a whole tangent. Uh, well, you sure I, can. I, I mean, that's <laughs> what we're here for. But <laughs> well, you were you were saying you were saying earlier, um, you know, the connection between your uh, your illustrating and your and your writing and and your drumming and how there's like links there, and that's kind of how I feel mm-hmm. about the stuff that I do. Um, so another aspect of the uh pandemic was i took that like i've always been a big fan of films like i like obrea sky started from friday night movie nights like Corey and amy would just come over and we just have movie nights and then one of the fridays i was like hey y'all want to try jamming something and <laughs> it kind of just went from there right but um and in fact, the first creative project I ever had was as a kid. wasn't even music. It was um, borrowing the the neighbor's camcorder and doing these like little movies in my backyard. So film has always been like a huge, huge part of me. But I decided that in in the um, during the lockdown period of the pandemic, I decided I was like, you know what? I'm you know I'm 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 aware of like. Western cinema, I guess, you know, like, you know, and like the, the better Western cinema, you know, I, I like Paul Thomas Anderson and stuff like that. Uh, but I want to get into like foreign stuff. I really want to get into like the art house stuff. And so I started diving down that hole and just immediately fell in love. And I was like, what was crazy about it was um, all the things that I saw, like these popular American directors doing in like, 2019 they're riffing off uh a japanese director from like 1952 and so i started i started seeing all i started going back to the foundation that all these other people are going through and my wife um she's not particularly into screamo or like heavy music and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um but the one thing that we do have in common is um film like we we both like that was our connection and we both like to sit there and discuss like 
like the technical aspects of it or the story as she's a writer. Um, so she, she, we like love to kind of sit down and be like, Oh, I really like how they, you know, invoked this emotion by getting a character to do this subtle thing and yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. So anyways, um, I got really into that and in an attempt to try and find a project, uh, my, I went to my wife and I was like, why don't we try and write a screenplay? And so we started working on that. And then I started doing a little bit of research about just like how I can go about actually filming something. And sure enough, I found some gear that was pretty, pretty solid. And we, it took, I don't know, four years, but like as of like last month, we finished our first, um, Short film. That's amazing. So uh, the film series was just me kind of like, um, and a big part of that short film too is like, I I feel like I can talk about it now because it's a finished thing, but I didn't want to like, I wanted to just work on it and not advertise that I was doing it. Like I didn't want to like post on Instagram and be like, oh, on set today or something like that. I mean, not to say that that's a bad thing. Like people are excited to work on what they want to work. But it, for me personally, it was very much an effort to just focus on working on it. And so the, the film series was the art house cinema in Edmonton Metro cinema, who actually Nicole Boychuk from I hate sex. Uh, she's on the board and actually helped me land that uh, film series. That's awesome. Um, so shout out Nicole. Um, and, they have kind of like a guest programmer series. So every month they have a guest programmer and I was lucky enough to land a guest programming thing. So the the thing that I wanted to do was like, I found, I kind of fell in love with this new um, work and I just wanted to kind of celebrate the stuff that kind of led me to doing that work. So that's kind of basically what it was. How did you find the learning curve like between uh, writing like poetry uh, and then and then working on a screenplay and then like like just the general learning curve of of putting all these ideas into the camera as it were? Um, actually, it was a very, very uh, smooth transition. So 
a lot of the po- well actually all the released poetry i have was kind of like a kind of like a uh, like airing <laughs> it's like taking my therapy notes and making them public <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> uh, i was in i wasn't doing too great i was in kind of a, a spot where i was feeling very stuck and i wanted to journal essentially mm-hmm. i just wanted to start writing stuff and i always like as a kid i always loved like I mean, kind of growing up with like hardcore and, and stuff like that. Um, you know, you had bands that are like just bonehead caveman lyrics. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. just like meet you up back and kick you in the teeth. It's like okay, whatever. <laughs> sure. uh, but then there's like there's bands that are like their lyrics are very eloquent and poetic. The first such band uh, that really kind of made me feel like oh wow, like lyrics can be like really like thought broken was actually Thursday, like, uh, wore all the time. Uh, I think those are Jeff Rickley's like most amazing lyrics. And it just like, it just kind of showed me that they can be something more than just, you know, laying it out flat. And so, um, when I started journaling, I kind of like tuned into that a little bit and they started coming out a little bit more creative, a little bit more creative then I kind of got brave enough to show some people and they're like, actually, this isn't too bad. And that kind of gave me a little bit of little bit of courage to kind of uh, make it a thing. And kind of like you were saying, you, you like the, your structure is based on deadlines and that's great for me. My structure is I need, I need to, um, I need to at least make it a cohesive thing. Like I don't really care about releasing it but I just needed to be like a cohesive project to work on. So I just started like kind of writing chat books and eventually like a full length book. And a lot of that was, uh, just me climbing out of this pit a little bit. And, um, which was kind of, uh, it's still odd whenever people come up to me and they say they read that and they're like, Oh, you know, that, that, uh, meant a lot you know i was kind of in a spot too and i was like that's that's absolutely wild that someone would you know take my scribblings and and you know find something for themselves in it but yeah long story short um i kind of worked through that and i i found myself writing more less of sorry i found myself writing less about how i was feeling and how i could describe it and more about my environments and I found myself describing environments. And so then I was just like, Oh, well, why don't I try? If I'm describing environments, why don't I try and actually seek out those images? Yeah. And yeah. yeah, And, and I mean, I, I love metaphors. Like I love visual metaphors. Uh, I love evoking, like an emotion in something uh, or someone without having to be like, this is why you should feel like this. Right. So um, I, I like to, te- I tend to go a little bit more abstract. Whereas my wife like reads constantly uh, and is a very, very good writer and definitely is a little bit more on the narrative aspect of it. So those kind of combined forces led to 
writing that screenplay. And for me, it was very easy because I just kind of, it was the same poetry brain doing it. It was just kind of coming out in a different form. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I, um, I don't, I don't know. Like I, there's, um, like I, um, I've got a lot of work to do. Like as far as like, there's, like I, 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 you know, will write like um, all kinds of stuff, and um, I, you know, I don't know. Quality is 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 uh, is what you make of it. I think sometimes, um, I think that I think that speaks to what you were saying about like people finding something in because like I. Like I think there's a there's there's a part of our brains that you know we're pattern seekers or whatever, and so we're looking in the art that we uh, are digesting. Like we're looking for the thing that we need out of it first off, and like it's not always going to be there. And of course, like different people's styles and things are going to different uh, click with different people and and everything like that. But like. Um, there's all this like like I don't know if what I what I write is like good it's probably not like which is fine I'm I just do it because I like sort of need to do it but like mm-hmm. as far as like the way that I write like I've always wanted to write like stories for other people to illustrate but like I can't do that right now because like I can't divorce like the way my process is like where's where like my outlines are like so loose and I'll just start drawing and then all the rest of it clicks, you know? So it's like, um, it's interesting that you're, uh, like transition through like poetry and, and screenwriting was like painless. It sounds, you know, but like a lot of people do have that experience. It's just like, to me, I'm like, how do I get that? (laughs) You know, how do I make, how do I make my brain work? Um, with the, the different, uh, the different blank page, you know, cause we're both (laughs) talking about a blank page here, you know, but like, how do I make my work brain work with that other blank page? Like, not just like, not just like uh, typing something out into the memos so that I can draw it later, so that I can write it after I draw it, and so that I can rewrite it when I'm doing the dialogue or what, you know? Like, how do mm-hmm. I just take it from the starting point and without ever touching the the pencil, you know, and make it like, I don't know, it's like I'm going to have to... I'm gonna have to start learning like all over. It's like all if all of a sudden I reset up my drum kit in a way that was supposed to be more ergonomic or whatever. Like Mm -hmm. I'd have to relearn how to. I'd I'd be like, whoa, that fill doesn't feel the same, you know? Like (laughs) everything. Like you'd be like, wow, that's really weird, you know? Um, But yeah, that's that's really awesome. And yeah, um, it makes sense to me that you wouldn't like want to be like oh here we are like on the set you know et cetera, et cetera. whereas like some people that that does help keep them accountable you know just mm-hmm. being like being like we're doing this and you know and it also maybe builds momentum but it's like 
also there's that other part where you possibly like maybe not you but like uh, someone else you know other people in that situation would be like i don't want to jinx this you know as right. it, as it were you just like let me just do it then i know that i can do it it's done and it's almost like this extra cool thing where it's just like surprise here's like this thing that nobody knew about and you know that's definitely yeah it's definitely been uh like i i I mean i talk about it with my my bandmates because uh you know yeah that's day to day yeah yeah, um but it's been it's been very nice to have people ask oh what have been up to and i can finally now that it's like done and i and i have no idea i'm gonna shoot like shoot it off to like a couple film festivals but i mean honestly if it just ends up a vimeo link that's fine with me mm-hmm. like i, I it, it was like it was all about just doing it and like learning about it and 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 learning how to do it and but it has been fun to kind of like not not tell someone like oh i'm thinking of doing the short film and they're like oh cool it's like no i've already like it's it's done <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's awesome yeah i was gonna you know i i guess i kind of like i was gonna ask like what your plans were for releasing and and it, and it kind of sounds like you know you've taken the same approach to that as it it seems like you took to like uh some of your writing which is like because i uh, you know i i'm i was looking into it and it's like you know you've had like your collections like marred by the sun and um don't take this too seriously but then if you go through like your links and whatnot some of these works have been published elsewhere after the fact Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. it seems like it's after the fact anyway because it'll say like this is from this so like is What's the process like when something's done and it's already been like displayed or released or, you know, whatever the um, like right way to say that is like, what's the process like for uh, trying to get it like published elsewhere as opposed to like if it had never been released? Like, is it is it more difficult or is it just like it depends on the the. Uh, publisher kind of thing um well i kind of look at it kind of two different ways uh like a lot of the stuff that was published elsewhere were uh mostly poems that weren't in either of those books um just because like a lot of like places will be like please send us like unpublished Mm -hmm. material Mm -hmm. um but a lot of it is just kind of um, hucking into the void, you know. Yeah. It's it's it's. But there's a satisfaction in doing it. Like I feel like anytime I sit down, and like the <laughs> like the typical night of doing poetry submissions is I'll I'll sit down, I'll open my poetry inbox, sift through the fifty rejection letters, uh, the fifty letters telling me, oh, we loved your work, but. Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe, maybe you'll get that one and that it's, and it's always really, really, you know, appreciated, but, um, it's just fun to kind of like throw something out there and see what sticks. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
there was there was only really one uh, publication that I got that I was really really like kind of sought and was hoping for. I got two poems in this. There's this outfit uh, called Tokyo Poetry Journal, mm-hmm. uh, based in Tokyo, and a lot of the the the, the publishings that I, I managed to kind of get on are kind of online journals and WordPresses and stuff like that, which is great. But this was like an actual legitimate, like printed out uh, uh, kind of collection, oh, okay. miscellaneous collection. Mm-hmm. So that to me, like I, that's, that's what kind of helps me get through, you know, those 50 rejection letters Yeah. because out of those 50 rejection letters was the one email from Tokyo, Tokyo poetry journal being like, we've accepted your two poems. And so it's like, if, if I didn't sit down and just said, and kind of hail Mary it and like throw it into the, into the void and go and just keep submitting, 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 just to see what would happen. then something like that wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not really a need, like it's not really a need to, um, to certainly like, I'm happy. I'm happy that it's just written. Right. So Mm -hmm. it's not like, again, like I was, like I was saying, it's, I don't want to put too much value in other people accepting these poems or not. Right? Yeah. But it is validating. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. 100%. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's weird though. Cause like, I mean, like there's, I mean, probably most people that have been in that situation can relate, but like there's a, to me, the rejection letter, there's a weird, like relief in that too like because i mm-hmm. i hate the part where you send it and you just don't hear anything for a long time oh yeah <laughs> like that's the part yeah. i don't like I, the rejection i'm just like oh like uh and not 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 in a way like what would you do if they had approved it you know because you that's what you're hoping for so you just you just say okay what do we do next you know but um mm-hmm. but yeah it's like once you get that rejection sometimes i'm just like oh Thank goodness, because like now I can do something else with it or whatever, you know, like whatever yeah, you're gonna definitely. do. Um, but yeah, uh, that's um, that's really that's really cool, and it and it's like, yeah, I mean, you know, like, you know, we're 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 not alone in those in those uh, you, you know feelings when you're really just like throwing everything out there and you know hope just hoping to even hear back to mm-hmm. say to say no, you know. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, um, like, you know, getting back to, um, Brea Sky, like, um, you, you mentioned that you had started writing the album, like, you know, uh, going on like three plus years, you know, that the album's been in the writing or whatever. Um, like, um, how is the, was the process different for like, was it like okay, now we're gonna write an album and like what did that look like as opposed to just like writing a few songs for something like you mentioned um, ha- having a, a a specific sort of need when you're creating like uh, works of you know poetry to be collected and we 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 talked about like my deadline thing and i was going to say at that point that i 
when I'm doing like an album album, like I, I'm not quite the same because I think we were kind of onto the same thing when it comes to like an album, like a collection, a cohesive, like uh, whether it's like lyrical or musical, like narrative or whatever that you're creating. Like um, what was the process like, like, and how was it different than just like now we're doing a split, now we're doing a couple songs for this? Um, I think it was the same kind of idea of just not kind of um, writing songs and like kind of just having them kind of banked for whatever. Um, I mean, we had we we came out with that self titled EP, which is essentially a demo, and that was uh, like a conscious effort to put together something uh, as a as a collection to kind of put out there. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of a lot of um, maybe people don't realize, and I hope they're okay with me saying this, but Corey and Amy had to learn their instruments. Yeah, yeah, I think they play a span. Yeah, they're, they're um, pretty transparent about that, I think. So, and I mean, I'm incredibly proud of that. And and so um it seemed to me like they were putting in all this uh work to to learn these instru- instruments and then to write on these instruments. Like the least we can do is like, you know, put our efforts into a collection and then it's available to whoever would appreciate it. Uh, but then we kind of had a couple songs where we we're just writing songs, and uh, that's some of that material is what ended up on the four-way split that you put out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, it was like, okay, like we're we're releasing stuff, we're you know playing bigger shows. Like I, we played New Friends Fest in 2019, I believe, and so it's like, okay we should sit down and try and write a full length. Like, let's like kind of do it for ourselves rather than like, Oh, we need a full length to be like a, you know, like a legitimate band. It's like, no, like we're, we're, we've been putting in this time. Like let's put that time and effort into something that we can really kind of hold up and it could be ours. And so that kind of began going for a bit. Um, but, uh, we're, we're also very guilty of kind of like putting stuff on hold. If we have like a show coming up, like, like we'll, we'll have jams where we're writing and stuff like that. And then like a show will come about and then we have, we would kind of, uh, kind of put the writing aside and start jamming for shows. So we're trying to find a balance between like, you know, being show ready and then, uh, writing. And then, um, the uh pandemic happened and like i was saying that really uh kind of put a hamper on things because though we were able to jam every once in a while if like the numbers were dipping down um and we'd maybe be able to kind of chip away some stuff uh didn't have like there was no like flow to it yeah and then uh we had like most of it written like on guitar and it was just a matter of like sitting down and getting everyone uh, uh, kind of on the same level. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Chris joined because 
uh, Chris, Corey, and Amy were trying to get something going that was not really kind of getting off the ground. And I was just like, well, why doesn't Chris join Obrey Sky? Like, I, th- I think having a second guitar player would be great. And, and because Corey wanted to do more uh, noise stuff, and I think my thinking was like, well, that would open opportunity to, you know, do what you want to do without yeah, feeling yeah. like you're <clears throat> neglecting one side or the other. Yeah. You just, um, you can, you can ha- have that space filled by, you know, someone else and, and give you this opportunity to explore these different avenues for sure. Yeah. So we kind of, uh, to get Chris kind of, um, up to, up to date, we kind of, kind of, took the time to go back and like teach him songs that we had already down. So, um, there was, there was just like, um, a lot of (laughs) elements to, to the, the writing process that weren't typical of like, uh, like sit, let's sit down and write something, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I think that's, I think it, it makes me a lot. It makes me very proud that we can say, Oh, this album is out just because of like, you know, going through a pandemic, uh, I lost family members. Like I, you know, like there's a whole bunch of like stuff going on and to be able to kind of, uh, uh, finally kind of see the finish line to that is, is incredibly gratifying. Yeah. I mean, I think, I feel like a lot of, uh, like a, a lot of, there's a lot of resilience there, you know, and, and just mm-hmm. like, and when you have to take so many, when there's so many things that make you have to sort of take pause and not start over, but like, you know, get like, start building things back, you know, like whether it's like, well, we can't, we can't practice uh, very often or whether it's like, you know, Oh, now we have to like, um, we have to bring someone else into the fold on this already established material, you know, whatever it is, you know, that, and, and just like all the different things that like life has thrown at everyone in the last three years. And it's just Mm -hmm. like, sometimes it's just like, how, how are we still doing any of this? But, um, yeah, yeah, it's, (laughs) you know, it's for sure. Like you, and, and you should be proud, you know, that like yeah okay like we set out to do this thing and you know in a way it's like it's it's weird <clears throat> like i i held the split with us in snag last night in my hands for the first time and there's a box of a hundred of them in my basement now and it's like mm-hmm. this took like two years to mm-hmm. happen and i it used to be this would happen and then within six months and you'd have the record and you'd ha- you'd hold it and you'd feel that like just like immediate like wow like this is a thing and it and this length of time involved in this creation like i feel like i'm like i don't know you know to use like a popular term these days like i feel like i'm like micro dosing this like because like there's 
feels like there's so many more steps now. And even though I'm holding the mm-hmm. finished thing in my hand, I feel like it's still going to be like a while before I'm like, this is done. This is for real now. And so like, yeah. you just got a taste of that when you just premiered those two new songs. But mm-hmm. um, the album is coming very soon. Like, yeah. Uh, next week, actually. This, yeah. 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 From today. yeah. So, um, that's got to be, you know, I mean, that'll be, uh, from when this airs, that'll just be a, a few days. So, mm-hmm. um, so, like, wh- what do you imagine that feeling like after all this? Oh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, well, I mean, it seems like the stuff that I work on now is, like, that big uh, time commitment. But I kind of like that. Like, I, I... It even, it's even getting to the point now where like I've become so comfortable and enjoyed the process so much that I, I don't want to let go of it. Like with this uh, film thing, like I was very much like, Oh, we got, we should do this and we should do that. And, like my wife's trying to edit it. It's like, no, it's, it's done. It's, yeah. it's done. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So because you can't uh, do that, like add in, yeah. you can just keep yeah. going. Yeah. Yeah. So with this record, um, to be able to, uh, David sent us just like a photo of like records leaned up against his couch, and I, I got emotional just looking at that. You know? Yeah. So to be able to, to hold that thing in my hand, uh, I think is I'm I'm definitely, I'm definitely gonna take a moment, and you know whatever I feel I'll feel, but I'm definitely gonna take a moment to feel it. Yeah, it's just, it's just it's like I don't know. Like there's just an aspect to this now that's just like it's it's more surreal to me than it's ever been because of the amount of time or whatever. Like it's like I'm holding this. I'm like, is this even real? Like, am I just like, (laughs) you know, whereas before it was like it was a simple matter of putting in the work and 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 getting the result of the work physically in your hands and it was like the satisfaction was immediate and it was like and now it's like is this even real like i can't believe this like Mm -hmm. i'm holding this i'm looking at this because like you know this was like this was like everything that a record has always been which is like just like you know mix edits and mastering edits and it was all that stuff but it was also all this other stuff and Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, and I mean, plus the fact that like they literally showed up the day before our album release, so that was a thing. But uh, <laughs> oh, that's so good. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's um, I mean, there's you know, it it like things aren't ever gonna be uh the way that they were three years ago, you know, as far as no. like you know, so we're gonna like we're all gonna if this isn't our first time, like, cause I mean, that's the cool thing. Like if you, if this is your, like not, this isn't your first record or whatever, but like, if this is, if you're listening and you haven't done a record yet, like this is just the way it is to you. And that's, that's mm-hmm. also awesome. But like some of us are like, we're like just getting used to these different things and we're all kind of just like feeling out like, well, like, when, well, when should we let people start hearing it? When should we uh, 
tell people about it? When should we show people the artwork, you know, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's really awesome. And, and yeah, I was really stoked on the, uh, cover art. Uh, Sherry is obviously like, they're fantastic. Like all the oh, yeah. is fantastic. Um, and, um, and yeah, I mean, even the outtakes that I saw today, uh, that they um, posted on their IG, like were fantastic. I was like, any one of these could have been perfect, but, yeah. um, but yeah, um, like real excited to, you know, hear the full thing and for people to hear the full thing. I, you know, you all probably look at your demos like, uh, differently, but I basically from the first time I heard y'all, I was like, this is a, this is a band that's gonna like, uh, eventually they're gonna do something that people are, are gonna, uh look back on and realize that this, this was something that like was really important. And I think it's, I think it's going to have like, uh, I think it's going to have a, like a staying power that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, um, I'm, ex- I'm excited for people to hear it. And from what I've heard so far, like, I'm not wrong. Um, <laughs> well, I, well, I, I won't I, have any I arguing. Appreciate- <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, that's right. I, uh, uh, I appreciate that that uh, that that those kind words mean a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, Durrell, it's been a real pleasure getting to chat with you. Uh, I feel like we barely touch the surface on a lot of things, but um, that's how it is sometimes. Uh, <laughs> but is there anything specifically that we should chat about before we take off? Um. Yeah. No. I, I would just say. Uh, we got this new record coming out. A uh, big thank you to the Daves at ZBR um, for for getting that out. And um, yeah, if you if you like it, uh, hopefully it resonates with you. Hopefully you you know take something away from it. And if you don't like it, uh, we don't care. So. <laughs> <laughs> And that was my conversation with Darrell Smith. Thank you so much, Darrell, for taking the time to chat with me. And make sure y'all are on the lookout for that album on the 17th. I have heard it, and it is a ripper. Also, make sure you stop by and check out the Patreon page at patreon.com slash human machine. Until next time, take care and do good things. <laughs>